Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we have the honor of sitting down with Daniel Floyd. Daniel is the senior and founding pastor of the multi-site LifePoint Church in Virginia. He also, much like myself, is the host of a leadership podcast named the Daniel Floyd Leadership Podcast. Lean in as we talk about rebuilding post-COVID, big faith steps, and leveraging key catalytic moments in your church and ministry. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to the Avail Podcast, where we talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra lead pastor of Vertical Church, Iglesia Vertical, here in South Florida. We are one church, two languages, and your host for these weekly Avail podcasts where we talk leadership with pastors, ministry leaders, and Christians who love leading, whether it's the church or the marketplace. We have an amazing guest today, none other than Pastor Daniel Floyd, who's going to be sharing his heart on leadership with us. Pastor Daniel, how does it feel to be on the Avail podcast? It's amazing. And the intro music, come on. I love this. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I that? love it. I love getting everybody with that intro music. I, I'm a musician, oh, so I love music. Uh, Pastor Daniel, before we jump, I, I'm looking forward to to just talking leadership with you. Um, I know yeah. that this is something that you're passionate about as well, especially in the church. Uh, before we get mm-hmm. into the leadership conversation, can you just share with our Avail audience a little bit about yourself, your journey, where you are, and where you're pastoring? Yeah, absolutely. So pastor in Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is smack dab between Washington, D.C. and Richmond, Virginia. So up here in the beautiful Virginia country and uh, loving it. Been here 17 years. My wife and I, we planted our church in 2005, had no idea what we were doing. Um, We started with 50 people in a really small little senior community center. Um, And it's it's been an amazing journey. And uh, we're in Five locations, one language. <laughs> I think that's amazing. I wish I spoke another language. I speak hillbilly because I grew up in Tennessee, so I don't counts. know if that counts. Um, but if I have to, I can pull that out. Um, but we, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know. I love this idea of leadership. We didn't know anything about leadership, really. Uh, my dad was a pastor all my life, served faithfully smaller rural churches, and just an incredible man of integrity. But this whole idea that... Um, you know, I grew up, you just, you move by faith and, and I still believe that, but I didn't know there was this whole other side and that the Bible really is the greatest leadership book that there is. And <laughs> so I love talking this topic, but uh, my wife and I, uh, we've been married 18 years and uh, we have four children, have a, two teenagers, 15 and 13. My oldest is a boy. My daughter is 13. She's a, she's a cheerleader, all the things. I'm a cheer dad. Got the T-shirt with her name on the back of it, the whole thing, loving it. And uh, my son is—he's my golfing buddy. And uh, then we took a break, seven-year break. I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old, and uh, prayerfully, we're close to being out of the diaper stage for the first time in decades. <laughs> Come on, Jesus! Come on, yeah. Jesus! Hey, I we're love it. I love hearing your story, and and it's interesting. We we you and I have a lot in common. We're both pastors' kids. We're both leading mm-hmm. in the church and pastoring right now, and and uh, my kids are pretty close to your your kids as well. So I know, uh, and I can imagine uh, 
you are a busy man. But you know what? <laughs> God calls people who are active and people who are busy and That's doing right. something. Um, <clears throat> I can't. I want. I want to say, Pastor Daniel, I've I've had the opportunity of of hearing you preach um, and also being at a few conferences uh, t- together with you. And and man, what a what a blessing it is to see the way the Lord has been working in your life. And I think, um, as they say the years are not in vain, right? The years of ministry. And, uh, and I, and I just want to take this opportunity to say, thank you for what you're doing. Let's talk leadership now. Let's, let's get into the leadership shop. I know that's what we like to do here on avail is really just empower leaders, encourage leaders, challenge leaders, equip them and put some resources in their hands. Uh, I know one of the things that you and I just kind of talked as we prepared for this podcast was just the whole concept of rebuilding post COVID, uh, and mm-hmm. you mentioned something that caught my attention. You said everybody has to be an entrepreneur again. Can you just unpack that for a little bit? Yeah, I think um, coming out of COVID, it's like you know a lot of the the game changed, um, yeah. and and not to you know not to lower the the great calling of ministry um, with that word, but just kind of that idea. I think in every sector, whether they're leading ministry or marketplace, so many things shifted, so many things changed, so many things changed. I, I don't. I'm not one that necessarily buys in that, uh, you know, during COVID, I, I, I never believed that everything was going online. We never see people in buildings again. Um, you know, I, I hated the word unprecedented. If, if you study history, you know, what we went through wasn't really unprecedented. We right. did it about a hundred years ago and, and football stadium filled up again and churches will fill up again. But, but I think that entrepreneurial spirit, um, no matter the size of your organization, it's almost like you have to get that back and yeah. go grind it out again. Um, and and what I mean by that is the it, it's I, I felt like for us we'd grown we'd seen the goodness of God and there was it's a large organization and it's it's kind of easy to believe that that the machine will kind of produce uh, what it's always produced and mm-hmm. so. Well, if I just just the thing is going to do it, it's, you know, the, the snowball is moving and it's just going to roll down the mountain and pick up more snow. And all of a sudden that was cut off real quick. Right. And and so that that innovative, it caused me to almost reawaken that innovative, creative, tenacious um, kind of risk taking part that that is in the heart of an entrepreneur. And I think um especially if there's church planters listening, it, you almost have to have that to really plant a church. You, there, you've got to, I, I say, there's got to be a percentage of crazy in you that, that was, I can move into a city or if you're opening a business, I can move, I can start something in a market that most likely already has whatever I'm offering. Um, but I, I believe in myself, believe in the call enough that I'm going to go do it. I think, I think recapturing that and, I think it's good for the heart of the leader. I know for us, we've, we've, as our team, we've recaptured that, um, that idea of, of no, we're going to, we're going to go get it ourselves. We're going to go take some risk. And, and here's what I've learned about risk taking is when, when you're new, when it's smaller, it's easier because, you know, the old saying, pushing the chips to the center of the table. I know when we were smaller, and had less staff and less resources in every area, pushing the chips to the center of the, of the table was easy because there was only like three chips. Yeah. <laughs> there weren't a lot of chips to push. <laughs> but then more responsibility, more influence, 
large organization pushing the chips, taking risk is like, whoa, that it's easier to begin to play it safe. And, and here's the interesting thing about that is it's the blessing of God that got you to where you are. Right. And that blessing can become the thing that keeps you from taking the next risk. Cause now you're trying to maintain or preserve that. Um, but it was risk taking that got you to where you are and God blessed that. And now that you're, so to speak, your hands are more full. Um, we become more risk adverse hmm. and I'm not talking about recklessness. There's a difference right. between risk taking and recklessness. You have a stewardship responsibility of everything in your hand. Um, but I, I think, I think a lot of us are far away from recklessness. And, and I think coming out of this, we've learned, okay, we've played it safe in some areas. And because of that, you know, especially as people of faith, and maybe you're listening to this, you're not in the faith community, but people of faith, if, if there is no risk, there's no space for faith. There's, there's, there's no space for God. We need you to move. Um, and, and so I think that spirit, I know for us, we're, we're like, no, I need that back. I need that. I need that young early uh, or mid to late 20 year old Daniel that was like, man, I'm going I'm to take this community and try, and I was doing everything possible. I was like, no, let some of that come back in my heart. And, uh, and it's, it's actually kind of been rejuvenating for me personally as a leader and, and to seeing our team engage in that way has been so good. That's good. Um, you're talking about this, this concept of, of kind of big faith, taking some steps of faith and, and risk, so to speak. Um, I think, I think it's, it would be fair to say that different pastors have different personalities. We have different like, past experiences, uh, tendencies. Right. Um, and I, and I think what you're saying is true. I think this is an important season to, to consider what do we need to do in faith? Um, but I also think based on those personalities, sometimes we I, there, I guess there could be both extremes, right? There could be the extreme of we are risk averse. We, we're not going to do anything out of the box. We're not going to push right. any, you know, push. But the, and, then, and then there could be kind of a reckless, kind of a reckless, oh, well, you know, let's just throw it all in, you know, and kind of a little bit reckless. Um, I would yeah. venture to say that there's probably more on the side of not really risking enough, like not taking steps. Mm-hmm. From your experience, um, even maybe even from your journey and, and LifePoint Church journey, um, can you just speak to maybe a few examples of what might be kind of, that's a big faith move, you know, for, mm-hmm. for a pastor or a church in a given season of, of their life. Yeah. I think about a few, um, a friend of mine asked me the other day, uh, a gentleman in our church, business leader, we were at dinner and, and he said, tell me the, the catalytic moments in the church. Um, he, he hasn't been here for the whole 17 years, been here a significant portion, but not the whole 17 years. And he was like, I'm curious, the catalytic moments. And when I look back, every catalytic moment was a moment of great faith. Yeah, it was a moment where um, where it was like God was asking us to take a big step. So I think of uh, one of the many, but I'll share one. It's when we went multi-site. We're one church, five locations in the state of Virginia. We have church plants in Germany and Kentucky and planning in, in January in Virginia Beach. But um, the five locations here locally receive, you know, the message by video and, and mm-hmm. uh, the way that most people are familiar with it. So, but we were one church, one location, and we didn't even have our own building. Mm. 
And we were meeting in a high school and we were in three services in the high school, which was all the time that we could get, that we could rent. And we were maxing out those three services. Um, and we were pursuing buildings, you know, we were looking, we yeah. were wanting to build something out. You know, it's not like we were setting down, just waiting for something to come along. We were aggressively going after it. And, um, and I, I thought I, this was in January of that year. And I thought, you know, maybe in August we should launch another location. And because the only problem we have right now is a capacity problem. We have the team, we have the financial resource, we just have a capacity issue. And if we can resolve that, we could reach more people and continue to look for a building. And, uh, and even that thought, let's be multi-site in two high schools. It was kind of a little bit crazy, you know, it was like, man, shouldn't you use that money to go save it for a building or whatever? So yeah. anyways, I called one of our board members, uh, one of our overseers and just said, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Can you give me some perspective on this? And, um, and I'll never forget it. It was um, February the 8th and Easter that year was April the 8th. And uh, I said, here's the situation. Here's everything I laid out to you. And he goes, I said, what do you think we should do? And uh, he said, you really want to know? And I was like, I think so. <laughs> and he said, um, he goes, I think you ought to launch a second campus and you ought to do it Easter Sunday. Wow. So 60 days from idea to execution. Wow. And that, that meant I, did, I didn't have a second school secured. I didn't have fiber optic cable we had to run between the locations. I, I didn't even have permission to do that. I didn't know if the Verizon, you know, our internet provider would do that for us. I had no gear. All, all that had to be done in 60 days. And so in that moment, there was like this. I'd tell people, don't confuse fear with a lack of peace when you're taking steps of faith, uh -huh. because there was knowing in my heart that this is the step we needed to take. And I felt nauseous at the same time. Like, <laughs> how are we going to make this happen? You know, our whole staff was like 10 people at the time. I mean, we were, we were lean and we were yeah. going to launch a new location. And, and so I think that's a good, um, a good story to kind of break down. So we sought counsel. Mm -hmm. Was it reckless? It was a faith step. I sought counsel. Mm -hmm. We had sources to do it. We had the people to do it. The timing was a little ridiculous because honestly, we had to wait for a school board meeting. Mm -hmm. We had to get the of the school board for another second school, and we had we literally had to get Verizon to run a dedicated fiber optic cable from one school to another, and we had to get their permission to install our units in the, I mean, so many things had to fall in place perfectly for this to happen. So that was a massive faith step for us, but it wasn't a reckless step. Right. And, uh, and that, that was one example where of many where it's like, and that was a landmark moment. It was a, it was a catalytic moment in the life of our church where, you know, we launched that second campus and on Easter Sunday, 900 people showed up there. And it was, but it was a big faith step for us. Wow. And as I look back, it's, it's those risk taking moments. Now, if I'd step back and been like, oh, 60 days is too fast. And I don't think we should do this. And August is a better trajectory. I think we would have missed something. I think God was wanting to do something in us in that, yeah, in that risk. And, and here's what I noticed as I evaluated post COVID was I felt like I'd got to a place 
I'd got to a place where I was like, God, I'm, I don't think I'm seeing like miraculous provision, miraculous moments, supernatural favor of open doors, open opportunities like I did in those earlier days. Mm. And this is for me. This is what God spoke to me. And he just kind of whispered in my ear and you haven't created need like you did in those early days. Mm-hmm. We, when we announced our church, we're opening another campus in 60 days. We needed God to move. And now we have lots of resources and lots of people. And I think if you don't keep that in your culture of not recklessness, not irresponsibility, not poor stewardship, but, but, creating enough need where we go, God, if you don't move, this isn't going to happen. And and that, I think that getting that back in us um, creates excitement. It creates faith. It builds faith for our people. Mm. Um, it's something, it's a mountain for us to tackle together. You know, it's a fight for us to fight <laughs> together. And it, I think it produces all kinds of good things. Christian leaders around the world are taking advantage of their free annual subscription to the Avail Journal. After all, each one of us should be taking the next step in our leadership journey. When you sign up for a free annual subscription to the Avail Journal, you'll enjoy interviews, articles, resources, and much more. For more information and to get subscribed today, visit availjournal.com. That's good. I, I love the, the thought which came from a conversation with one of your board members. I love the idea of talk to me about some of the catalytic moments. It might be good for us as pastors to think back on the story, history mm-hmm. of our church and our ministry, what have been those catalytic moments. And I think you're right. I think that you're going to find that every time there's some big faith happening there. Can you talk? Can you talk us through a little bit with that example you just gave of making a big decision, a big jump, can you talk to us a little bit about how the communication process was? Yeah. Uh, because yeah. you, you obviously, you obviously eventually you're going to communicate to the whole church, but I'm sure that wasn't the first group you communicated. Right. What was that process yeah. of, of communicating a big shift, a big faith step? Yeah. Uh, how did that look? Yeah. So I, I'll tell you, Virgil, I got this one right. <laughs> and I won't, I won't, I promise you, I don't always get it right, but this one I got really right. It was just a grace moment. I think from God, a real learning moment for me as a young leader, because we were a young church. Um, I immediately called in my leadership team, which was just two or three people because mm-hmm. we were really tiny staff, but we were trying to, you know, structure dress for where we're going, not for where we were. So I had created this small like executive team, but none of us were real executives. We didn't know enough to be executives. <laughs> and, um, and I called them in and I, I told them the story. And then this is what I said to them. I'll never forget this moment. And it was just Holy Spirit moment. You know, I said, um, do you do you affirm this or do you feel a pause in your spirit? Mm. And I went to each one of them and I asked them that they were all standing in the room. I said, this is what I think. And I looked at them one by one. I go, do you do you have a pause or a check? Do you feel like this is God? And I went, do you feel like this is God? Do you feel like this is God? And and I didn't convince them, but we all were in agreement. That's good. And and I wasn't, it wasn't that I was asking for their permission. I was needing their buy-in. And, and I think sometimes, um, you know, leaders can be like, I came off the mountain. I got the vision from God. Everybody, yeah, but I need agreement. I need, yeah. I need agreement. There's power in agreement. And so I, I needed buy-in because I knew we were about to bite off something that was going to 
that was going to require 14 hour days. And some days it did. Um, you know, I remember ordering pizza at 8 p.m. at night at the office because we were all still there together, grinding this thing out to execute this in 60 days. And so I knew I needed heart buy in, um, discernment buy in. So then I immediately brought the staff in mm-hmm. and said, we as a team really believe this is the Lord. And here's and the team like applauded. I mean, you know, it was another five or six people. We were in the room. I, I don't know. It was a it was one of those moments where like we're gonna look back on this and go, this was catalytic. You could just feel it, you know? And so brought the team in, and then we scheduled a leader night where we brought all of our leaders together. You know, for us in, in church world, it's it's those who are leading teams, volunteer teams, those who are leading small groups, and those who are giving leaders. Yeah. And uh, and I actually took them back to our very first portable location, that tiny little senior center. And that's where we had the meeting and talked about where wow. this all started. And then we cast vision for where we were going and what we could become. And uh, and when I made that announcement, it was a standing ovation. Wow. Um, and then that next Sunday, we took it to the church. And from there, it was a ton of hard work a ton of hard work, mm-hmm. a lot of everybody pray the school board's meeting tonight. Everybody pray. I'm getting on the phone with the internet company. Everybody pray. We're trying to get gear in here. You know, it was a lot of moments like that. And then it was a lot of, we, we actually set up like a, um, almost like a draft day. And we put all the leaders names on the board and we put every two org charts for two different campuses and then the leaders of the two different campuses were like drafting, like, I'll give you them if you'll give me those two leaders, <laughs> and you know, and then we'd go have conversations. Hey, will you please come to this campus with me? And it was a, it was an exciting time, but I, I don't want people to get it wrong that you like take a take a step of faith and it's a risk and everything's going to fall in place. No, it's a lot of grind and a hard, yeah. a lot of hard work from there. And then you look back and go, look what look what God did. Yeah, it definitely doesn't just happen. It takes tenacity, grit, perseverance, yeah. passion, fire, you know, like let's do this. But but I love you did get it right. You did get it right. I think there's I think that one of the mistakes that sometimes we can make as pastors and leaders, uh, and sometimes we'll make the mistake, you know, the first time around is is not communicating in the right order or to the right mm-hmm. people in the right order. Uh, and in a way, like you did, casting vision, bringing like yeah. connecting the why. And the how, you know, I think that's that's something that that's important for us as pastors and leaders, especially in catalytic moments, right? Especially in moments mm-hmm. of big faith. Um, I love that. I think as pastors, it's encouraging to hear those stories. And and we don't always get it right, but man, when we yeah. do, it sets us up for more success in in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, uh, Pastor Daniel, as, as we're talking just leadership, you know, you you touched a little bit on the, the importance of just kind of we're in a rebuilding season. I think globally speaking in the church um yeah. it's a, it's an important season for steps taking steps of faith um you know um t- taking risks um inviting the lord in to so we actually need him for for this to happen mm-hmm. so to speak um and and this is all good let's talk about just the actual leader right just the actual pastor yeah. because there's a, there's a big weight that we carry especially those of us who are lead or senior pastors, founding pastors that are, you know, pastoring the church, not to mention, you know, people that have uh, a lot of influence and authority uh, and responsibility within the church as well. But, but there's this weight and here's the weight 
there's this weight of pressure and responsibility and Sundays around the corner and we have a staff and there's financial budget, you know, to meet and there's big decisions and there's faith and risks that, you know, to take and all that. And, and I'm the leader and that can become pretty overwhelming, uh, yeah. pretty quick. And I think, I think uh, we would all agree that unfortunately we hear stories, you know, of pastors and leaders just making poor decisions in their lives. And, 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 I, you know, what is it? What, what are we missing? What do we need to be careful for? What do we need to watch out for as leaders? Yeah, I think that's so important. Um, you know, the, the, the shrapnel, the, 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 the point, uh, the great point of a leader is they can have a massive influence, make a massive difference and, and make massive impact, make people's lives better, reach people, help people find healing, all these incredible things. Um, and the downside is, is just as down as the upside is, if mm. that makes sense, mm-hmm. because people look to the leader and when something goes sideways with that leader, the shrapnel and the rippling effects and the pain and the trauma that it can create is so great. And I don't think any leader ever gets into it thinking, you know, one day I just want to, I want to, I want to have great influence. Then I want to blow the whole thing up. <laughs> you know, No one starts that way. Right. Um, but as you're saying, the demands, the, the pace we, that we can run at at times yeah. and all those things just begin draining. And so I think it's so critical. Um, and, and it's really not anything new. It's not rocket science. It's just the discipline to do it um, is taking care of the heart of the leader and the soul of the leader um, I, I would I would encourage around a couple of things. Obviously, as spiritual leaders, our our intimacy with God is probably the greatest gift we give our people. Yeah, because if our ministry isn't flowing out of a heart that's really connected to the heart of God, um, then then we're running an organization, and and you can do that and attract attract a crowd, but the longevity mm-hmm. of that I don't think is is going to be great. And then I, I also think um, not only not only our intimacy, our connection, but our connection with others. And I think this is the the misnomer. I've heard this, and I just don't buy into it. Is uh, leadership is lonely? You can't really have real relationships, real friendships. Hmm. And I think that's all up to the leader. Right. I think you can have incredibly authentic, incredibly genuine real relationships and the the group will most likely be small but you don't need a large group you just need a few people that you can be completely transparent with that that you have the ability that they have the ability to check you uh and and have hard conversations with you um and i am i'm a hundred percent for and believe in the value of honor and and all those things but um but I think honor is twisted when no one can tell the leader, hey, your your words are cutting today. Like, you're right. right. Like I, when you talk about that person, there's an edge of bitterness to that. Are you OK? Like what's mm-hmm. and, and it's not because and we don't you know, we don't fall in the ditch overnight. It's it's just one degree off. It's it's one little indulgence. You know, there was a, a great book that was written. The title doesn't describe the book, but it's called The Enemies of Excellence. And and really, it's not about excellence. It's about the the steps that people take towards 
making really bad decisions and mm. damaging their life in ways. And what it was, it's a, a leadership coach. And actually he, out of all the clients that he worked with that, that really ended up making some poor choices in their life, he noticed a pattern. And, um, and I don't know that I'll remember all of them off the top of my head, but the, but the, the encouraging thing is this, is that if there are steps into that, there are steps out of that. That's right. You don't have to live there. But he said it started with things like, obviously with pride, it started with ego. Um, and from ego, it went to uh, nobody understands the weight that I carry. So isolation, I'm nobody understands. No one knows what I'm going through, which led to indulgences and could be, you know, whatever that indulgence is, whatever it is. And, and the excuse there was, well, nobody understands my life and all the weight I carry and all that I'm doing. So I deserve some kind of outlet. And the reality is we all have pain. We all medicate pain, but are we medicating it in a healthy way? Mm -hmm. Are we, are we meeting those needs in a healthy way? Um, and, and so it leads on down that, that path. And I think if we as leaders and it, it may be a little old school and maybe for some of you, you're like, wow, it's a little, um, you know, little Billy Graham rule feeling. But I think if we remember that any gifts that we have, we did not make or earn ourselves. Right. I've heard John Maxwell tell the story often about how a mentor sat down with him once and said when he was at 29, having the one of the top 10 largest churches in America at 29 years old, a mentor hold sat down and said, hold on a second, Daniel. Yeah. I lost you for about 10 seconds. I'm taking the time. I got, I got where you said, I heard John Maxwell say once, maybe we'll take it from there. Yeah. I'll go from there. Do you see me and hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Check something here. Okay. Yeah. I just want it was right there. So yeah, I'll go from there. I want to make sure that way they can post-production yeah. connect that maybe from uh, where you said, I heard John Maxwell say once. Yeah. I heard John Maxwell say one time when he was, I think in his late twenties, he had one of the top 10 largest churches in America, which is, it's pretty crazy in his late twenties. And he had a mentor sat down with him and he said, John, I just want you to know something, write this down. He, he said, write this down. You're not that good. <laughs> and he said, they went on in the conversation and he said, he said, what makes you great is your gift and your gift came from God. And he, and he said to this day, he will get done speaking wherever in a, a corporate room or in an arena. And he said, at the end, he said, often people will stand and applaud. And he said, he walks off the stage and he says to the Lord, I know they're not applauding me. They're applauding the gift. And thank you for giving it to me. Yeah. I think if we just keep our, our heart checked in that, that, that they're applauding the gift, that anything I'm doing now is the grace of God kind of helps keep our heart in the right place. I think the right people around us that can check us. I think, I think our standards, you know, it seems like the, the further you go in the leadership journey, you begin to give yourself more permission. Yeah. And, and I wonder if the further we go in the leadership journey, we shouldn't give ourselves less permission because there's more at stake. There's more risk. Hmm. If we shouldn't go, no, I'm going to raise the standard, not lower the standard. I just think those are some of the things that if, if we keep those in a regular check in our life, it'll, it'll really save us, you know, in the long term. Um, I think because all of us want to, you know, we want to stay in this the long haul. We want to, what is it? We, we want the people that know us the best to respect us the most when it's all said and done. Yeah, that's good. That's a good word. That's a good word specifically on just the health 
your health as a leader, your character, positioning yourself to be in a good place. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to, before we talk a little bit about how people can connect with you, Pastor Dana, I'd like to maybe finish with this idea, this thought. Um, let's say right now, let's say right now we were, spe- you're specifically directing this next couple of minutes to y- new young pastors, right? Yeah. Pastors who are about to plan or they have a calling, they're in that season of of pre or actually the beginning of. And, and we asked you, we said, Daniel, we would like for you to give your top tips, your top tips for these young pastors, leaders um, from your journey, what you've learned, what the Lord has shown you uh, as a young pastor, young leader, uh, to to prepare and and really um, set the set the stage for successful and long lasting ministry. Yeah, that's great. I think besides uh, what I, I would say, everything I just said, <laughs> your 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 health matters, your heart, your character, your integrity, all those things matter. I think from a very practical side, um, something I wished I had dial it into more. I kind of knew it, but I wish I had to lean into it the way I do now is this thought that consistency compounds mm. that, that in, in our social media age and the comparison, and it's so easy to get like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, you know, do the next big like flash thing and that gets the attention and does no consistency <laughs> compounds. Like if you're, you, you show up every Sunday, you, you don't, and not that I want to lower the standard all, but I just want to encourage some some guys and girls that you don't have to preach a home run every Sunday. But if you'll hit a base hit and you'll do that for years, yeah, you'll grow a great church. And and if you'll show up every day and lead well, if you'll show up and be disciplined every day, if you'll show up every day and have the right habits, um, that, that would be my first one is that mm. um, the consistency compounds. You'll get compounding interest on that. But if it's like this new fad one day, the next, the next day, and this, the right. next, then you never get time. You never get time to sow into something long enough to really see a harvest. And so that would be my first piece of advice. And then the second piece of advice would be this, is that um, don't underestimate having the right team. Yes. Doesn't matter how big your dream is if you don't have the right team. And so don't underestimate getting the right people on the team. I heard somebody say once that most people overestimate the size of their dream and they underestimate the value of their team. Wow. And, uh, and so dreams are great. Visions are great, but they don't happen without the right team. So build the right team, build into the right people. And, um, and, and that'll pay dividends in the long run. Woo. That's leadership gold. Drop the mic. Pastor Dan Floyd. All right. So, so I, if uh, people want to lean in and connect mm-hmm. with you, Pastor Dan, what's the best way for them to find you online? Yeah. So uh, two ways or three, you know, social media, of course. Um, and the handle there is PS Daniel Floyd. So like Pastor Daniel Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's on all the things, um, Instagram, Facebook. And then um, I do a uh, bi-monthly, so twice a month leadership podcast, just the Daniel Floyd leadership podcast, anywhere you stream content and on mm-hmm. YouTube, get it there. And then also our church, lifepoint.org, lifepoint.org. 
And, um, and so you can, all the message content is there, all the leadership contents over on the podcast. So we'd love to connect. Beautiful. I think everybody would be worth your while to lean into the Daniel Floyd leadership podcast as another uh, resource for great leadership content. Um, lifepoint.org is the church. I know danielfloyd.org is a place also where they can kind of find it all if they want to just sure. find it. Uh, and on social media, let me just mention this, everybody, if you haven't gotten it yet, the avail journal, it's a quality, high quality leadership magazine that, that has amazing content from amazing Christian leaders, men, women, younger, older. Uh, this is a great resource for your leadership. The first year is on us. If you go to availjournal.com, one year free subscription, uh, would you agree, Pastor Daniel, that having good resources helps your leadership? Hundred percent, especially when they're free. <laughs> free ninety nine, everybody. Hey, um, <laughs> I love, I love uh, for you to just leave a final kind of a final thought on the hearts of all the Avail uh, audience, Pastor Daniel. Just, just whatever's on your heart for them right now. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the power of perspective is so important um, that that you don't. You don't get in life what necessarily is. You you get what you see and mm. you get how you see it. And so I, I would just encourage people and, and maybe some are discouraged. Maybe some are like, man, my leadership really is just to, to decide I'm going to walk in the office tomorrow. I'm going to go in the church and we'll go into the staff meeting and I'm going to see what could be. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have a mindset, a perspective uh, that that's it's an abundance perspective. It's a it's a big hearted perspective. It's, it's a faith perspective. And, uh, you know, it's so easy to get bogged down and everything going on around you. Um, but I think the power of, of making sure your perspective and your mindset is one of big faith, one of a big hearted life, one of abundance and not scarcity, um, really makes a difference in how you go through your day. You know, Two people can walk into the same situation and see total, two totally different things, and you get to choose what you see. And uh, and often what you see is what you end up moving towards and what ends up being produced through your life and in your, in your leadership. That's a great word, power of perspective. Man, this has been awesome. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for just pouring and sharing your heart with all the leaders that connect here on Avail. Uh, that's our heart is just to talk about this art of leadership, which is a changing uh, and yes. continuous journey that we're all on. Um, we love it on behalf of the Avail team, on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martin Van Tilburg, everybody who's behind the scenes. We just want to say we honor you, brother. We're thankful for you, for your family, for your ministry. And and uh, we're really blessed by you. Well, thank you so much. Honored to be on with you today. This is an incredible resource to leaders and, and the, you know, the journal, just everything you guys are producing is, is really adding a lot of value. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Hey, I'm putting my, I'm going to put my outro music on now. Here it is. Woo! Another <laughs> episode is in the books with none other than Pastor Daniel Floyd. On behalf of Avail, my name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, AKA Iglesia Vertical in South Florida. I'm your brother in Christ, your friend, your host here on the Avail Podcast. Every Tuesday, new episode pops out. We love you, everybody. Thanks for connecting with us, and we'll see you next time right here 
on The Avail Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Avail Podcast with Daniel Floyd. You can connect with Daniel on social media and by going to danielfloyd.org and lifepoint.org. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail Media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.